we're back on track. Oh, well, first yeah, of I didn't all, know who you are. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Ken Wadi came from the Free Hugs Project here, and we have got my man. Chris Swanson, the sheriff of Genesee County. Yes, and today we've got a special guest, uh, my buddy who I've done some work with in Detroit, actually, of all places. Mm -hmm. But um, he's a police officer here in Southern California. And um, we've had the pleasure of working on some projects where we just went to serve. You know, and being the heart of the servant, as we spoke about in the episode before this one, uh, going that extra mile and just trying to figure out how we can take those steps to uh, look out for others. So before we jump into that episode, we'd love for you to um, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your work um, and things that you've got going on. Yeah, so uh, my name is Eric. I am a police officer in Southern California. With an E or an A? With an, with an E. No, A-R-I-C. And, -R -I -C. and ending with a C. E-R. This is a total okay. cop question. Like, <laughs> where, where are we going with this? It all depends if he answers what his personality is. Okay. That's true. I'm feeling really? better. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, gone by the name of Deputy Hookham. Uh, on social media for the last probably five years or so. And half of a two-part, right? Hook yes, Hook'em and Book'em. Yep. Uh, that is a, a kind of a two-part duo, cop yep. comedy duo. Who's Book'em? Uh, he is probably, you say my be my best friend. I'm going to say that Aww. there for you, Book'em. Uh, we, we were <laughs> Academy mates together. Yeah. Uh, White or black? Him? Yeah. He's black. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. yeah. You're all black and blue. <laughs> yes. Black and blue. Yeah. I know it. That's he is it. much larger you didn't see than where me. I was going with that? <laughs> He's much larger than me. Uh, so we have like a whole yin and yang thing going. Yeah. Got you it. know what I mean? Yeah. Black, white, huge, small. Yeah. One of those things. Cool. Um, but I also am a uh, rap artist and I go by the name Forensic for that. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Now, the, the rap thing just throws me off. I thought you were a comedian too. Yeah. Isn't that funny that I'm a rapper? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is, that Why'd you bring him on here again? Um, so This is our first guest in the West Coast headquarters. First guest, West Coast studio. And I felt like he would be appropriate for it because he's one of the officers that I, I have done some like work from the heart with. But, um, but out of all of the officers that were in that crew, aside from, from Frunzy, I always felt just this connection beyond like Eric being in San Diego. I was just like, he's cool. He's relatable. He's down to earth. Um, there were some cops in that circle. They were cool. We hung out, you know, we, we did things, but you know, you make that special connection yeah. with certain people. And interestingly enough, and last night he and I had, had talked about it. There was an incident that went down. I don't even know if we'll, we'll cover it, but there was something where I felt like a lot of the guys in that crew didn't fully understand where I was coming from with my statement. And I oh. felt like it drew a wedge between us and Frunzy and Eric were like two that were like, look, despite what anybody oh. says or whatever, so they came down, to defend you. They were just like, Ken's cool, man. Why is was this, this all on social thing? media? Partly, but there was a lot of behind the scenes yeah. discussions and wow. things that happened that drew a wedge between us. And I was like, yo, I thought we were, cool enough to, to understand there will be differences in the things that we believe and the things yep. that we say and uh, uh, political differences and all of that. But if our heart is in the right place or if there is a misunderstanding, then let's talk about it. And there were some things that had gone down to where I was just like, it's not so, cool, but Eric's. And that's what built your relationship. Yes. But when you first met him, you were in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Was that for, part of the uh, Humanized Police Project? Yes. Yeah, it's for Humanizing the Badgers uh, Project in, in Detroit. Project mm -hmm. Human is what we called it. And what does that do? Uh, basically, Project Human was kind of developed as a, as a way to get into communities and work with uh, the people in the community using local law enforcement. 
um, specifically targeting areas that there might be some tensions or some issues. Uh, one of the first things we did was in Ferguson. And we met with people who Who's were protesting. We, like other cop or just from Yeah, people people involved with, with humanizing the So badge. is it more than just in Southern California? Oh, yeah. It's we nationwide. Different nationwide, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, so there's people from Michigan. There's people from Colorado, Arizona, Texas. I mean, they're, they're all over. Um, and the first thing we did was Ferguson. We did one in Detroit. What'd you do? Feed? We, um, we, it kind of depended on where we went. Yeah. So like in Detroit, for example, we did something, we did like a homeless uh, shelter mm -hmm, where we mm -hmm. did like uh, uh, lunch. Served it, at a soup kitchen. Yeah. Um, we had some town hall discussions, yep. uh, with, with some officers, you know, I, and I even learned some things in that kind of round, uh, seating discussion that mm -hmm. we had with some of the, uh, the new police officers that yes. were taking a job there. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, and then in Ferguson, we did, um, we went and toured Ferguson PD. We met with people who had been protesting in Ferguson, kind of brought them together with like, look, we know this is what you're feeling. This is what the cops are feeling. This is kind of what's going on and, and figuring out how to mend some of those relationships. Go? Honestly, great. Um, it, you know, here's the thing is you understand when you actually go boots on the ground in these places, and I know Ken can probably attest to this 100%, the things that we see on TV mm -hmm. are blown into this oh, totally. massive divide, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> if you had never been to Ferguson, and you were to watch the news, you would think Ferguson was a massive town that was covered in rioting, covered in vandalism and fires and assaults and whatever. It was literally like two blocks mm. that people were, it was like 150 people. Yeah. But they made it look like this huge thing. So the frustrating part there was people in the community, like that's not my community. Yeah. Yes, we were upset about things that had happened. Yes, we had concerns, but that was, that's not us. Yeah. Mm. So the people we met with were not the people who were, I guess you could say like the attention seeking. Which we've seeking. talked about that mm -hmm. because even Trey Little said when they came into Detroit, mm -hmm. they weren't from Detroit. Yeah, don't outsiders. burn down our right. city. Don't 100%. bring your, your craziness in here. Right. And even Chief James Craig was uh, on the news great saying guy. that. Great yeah, guy. great yeah. dude. Had you known Ken before you went out to the D? Uh, yeah, I mean, I of we him, yes. I had never gotten media. to meet okay. him. But mm -hmm. yeah, and, I, and I've met Chief Craig there in Detroit too. And, you know, obviously in those communities, it, it helps to have very powerful leadership. As right. on both sides of law enforcement and in the community because you get to see through the um, distractions yeah. to, to find a solution. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned those videos. Um, we were talking off camera. You talked uh, and you made the statement. You said, you know, the videos that you see that are so high profile mm -hmm. are very small in proportion to all the other interactions that happen right. every single day right. where there's positive interaction, even if there is enforcement taken. Right. Um, as a police officer... A white dude, um, do you have a different way of approaching things now than you did before Derek Chauvin killed George? I would like to say no, right? Because I always in my heart know that I've done the job by the book and the way I need to do it legally and how I'm supposed to do it and how I'm allowed to do it. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't say that in this world today, I think there are apprehensions and not, this isn't just me speaking, but I think a majority of cops have apprehensions that they're worried like, Am I going to go do my job one day, how I'm allowed to under the law, and is something going to transpire to the point that I, I, I look like a bad person yeah. or I'm, I'm painted as a bad person and lose everything? Do you think some of that is, is connected to the various policies that exist? And I know we talked about uh, trying to find the differences between West and East Coast mm -hmm. policing, mm -hmm. and especially here in California, I know that there's policies that 
you all are affected by right. as police officers here right. that maybe you guys are not mm. affected by. Yeah. Well, and even in the state, we see that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of our laws come from Sacramento. Obviously, that's where mm -hmm. our capital is. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a very vocal political presence in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. So a lot of those things that are passed that people in the northern part of California might be more in tune with doesn't really reflect Southern California. Right, right. So it's hard for us sometimes because we, you know, we have to abide by things that are nine hours away that it's a completely different yeah. uh, culture, even within the same state. No, I agree. California's California like, like four states. Yeah. Three at least. Yeah. There's Northern the Bay California. Area, LA, yep. and then us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so Northern California, I, I guess if you split it into two, there's Northern California and Southern California, but I'm sure Adam can attest, like, as San Diegans, we are not like people from L.A. Absolutely not. Right? And, and don't tell me that I am. At all, right? <laughs> yeah. And people from L.A. and people from San Diego are not like people from the Bay Area. Right. <laughs> I lived there six years. No, we are not like people from the Bay. Nothing against them. Sure. Our culture is it's just, just different. totally right. different. Totally and, different. And we actually got to talk about this uh, last night was, you know, a lot of the, the problems that sometimes we see on TV between police and community, we don't really experience that here. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think. I mean, of Diego. course, there's there's issues. There's obviously gonna be issues mm -hmm. because, you know, there's people who sometimes misstep on this side, and people who misstep on this side. Yeah. And people don't like to get in trouble, and I can understand that. Absolutely. Um, but I, I just I see some of this stuff, and it tends to happen in other parts where I'm like, man, I don't think that would happen here. Yeah. But doesn't matter. You use a good example. You know, California is. Let's just say there's three different philosophies. Mm -hmm. That's why in today's world, one decision by a police officer who's got one month on the job, it doesn't matter where you're from, yeah. affects the entire country. Oh, I bet. I don't know of another Especially profession that video. one decision can impact the entire profession across the country. Because yeah. I think there is a difference of policing. Mm -hmm. I was joking with uh, a couple sheriffs last week. They went down and did a prisoner pickup in a southern state in a very small county. Mm -hmm. And he goes there with a governor's warrant from Michigan to go pick up a guy who is wanted and he's taking his partner. They show up. It's uh, four o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. He hits the buzzer. Nobody hits the buzzer again. Guy comes from around the corner, says one second, grabs the keys, come out. Can I help you? And the guy's like, yeah, we're here to pick up this prisoner. Okay. Gets out, gets it all hooked up. It's a trustee for the jail. Mm. That County does not have staff on the weekends. The trustee runs the jail. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. The trustee got the guy out of the jail <laughs> with the governor's warrant. This guy's like, he's a Michigan, he's a sheriff now. He's like, I'm thinking, is this a jailbreak? Did they like take over? No, that's wow. how they do it. And that, you know, that's the policing is real quick. It's different across the board and how we do our business, but we all pay the price for bad decisions. Yeah. And, and to piggyback on that, I think it's different across the board because of cultural and geographical yeah, necessities, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously things are different in Arkansas as they, you know, the New York yeah. or in Florida. So. And, you know, so it's hard um, to to be in your state and look at maybe things in other states. Yeah. Uh, or within your own state. You just told me there's three things, right. three ways that Californians handle things. Right. And, and, you know, I will say a lot of people ask me like, oh, how's it being a cop in California? Like, they don't want you to do anything and this and that. Um, and as much as, you know, the cynical side of me wants to go, yeah, you know, all these laws, they don't want me to do my job and this and that. We actually have it very good. Uh, you know, we, we have a lot of protections. Yeah. We have a lot of benefits. We have a lot yeah. of excellent training. Uh, I mean, I think I think that we maintain the highest training requirement in the in the country mm. by hour. Wow. Um, and and I think that 
benefits us. Well, you said Police Academy six months long. Michigan's four months. Yeah, so, so you're talking okay. two extra months of training. Our academies have nine nine hundred twenty eight hours. I looked yeah. it up last night. Nine hundred twenty eight hours. Less than five. And that's just for the for the basic academy. Wow. And uh, and. But it goes way deeper than just the academy. I mean, there are states, and you're probably going to be shocked to hear this, there are states that you can literally work as a police officer for months, if not a year, mm-hmm. without even going to an academy. That's crazy. They give you a gun. They say, good job, go ahead. Deputized. You're wow. deputized. Yep. You work, and then we'll get you an academy, and we'll get you one. There was an officer that was killed, I think it was in Washington, maybe? Where it, that was the scenario. He was doing traffic stops, and, and he got shot and killed on a traffic stop. And never went to and, the And the family's like, well... Like, why is this guy so by himself? It, there is one way to explain it that the society wants the McDonald's of policing that, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to McDonald's in Sacramento mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. McDonald's in Butte, Montana, you're the same. Is always the same. law enforcement will not be that right. across the board. But there are standards that need to be that across the board, right. no matter where you are. And that's what we as police were, police officers need to continue to strive as what are the ones we have to agree on mm-hmm. that we can agree on? They mm-hmm. have to be no matter where you're from. This is what's expected. Well, one thing that I've always uh, since this last what, two years, you know, and, and we think we sit there and think, especially as an influencer on social media, like what is the solution? Because something's not working. Yeah. Right. How are we going to get through whatever's going on and, and fix the issues? Something that I've thought of is like a national post commission. Um. Now, when I say that, a lot of cops go, well, hold on. I don't want the feds telling me how I have to be a cop in my state, right? That's the purpose yeah. of all of our different separations and checks and balances. But if you think about how many departments get federal funding for various things, a ton, right? That's all of them, yeah. So I think it would be awesome if there was a commission, a federal commission, that researched hours of training, not topics of training, mm-hmm. hours of training and what benefits. Do officers in states with 48 hours of firearms or defensive tactics training have less incidents that involve somebody complaining than states that have 24 hours, right? So are there standards of our training that we should be implementing based upon science uh, of, of making better police officers? And if you want federal funding, your academy must maintain the federal standards and you get certified by this federal post commission as well as the state post commission. And with that, they wouldn't tell you how to enforce laws or how to do things in your state. They would say, hey, if you want this federal certification, you have to have you know, uh, 24 hours of so whatever. This is what we did here in Flint is we took that same philosophy without waiting for a oversight. And because your parents grew up, I think I recall from doing your background um, that they're both in EMS. Mm-hmm. So to maintain their license, they have to have a continuing education, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, in law enforcement, you don't need that. Right. Once you get out of academy, as long as you qualify twice a year, you're good to go for the next 30 years. Yeah, that's not how we do it here. In the other parts of the country, they do it. Sure, right, right. And like in Michigan, so in our sheriff's office, we require now, because I'm the sheriff, 80 hours of continuing education every two years mm-hmm. in all those big topics. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, because sheriffs and chiefs give the authority to be a police officer to the officers, that you will be removed from that authority and you will not be a certified officer with this agency. Right. And I think, uh, you know, locally, we've done a lot of looking into the training and stuff. And I, I think the hours, if you add it up, and people will probably be shocked to hear that's like a third of our year is training. Wow. That is a lot. And, and that's that's not including just the continued training, but yeah. the stuff you have to do where you have to read, like, you know, protocols for, um, like, we have ones that's, you know, they give you, like, scenarios on, like, you know, somebody going down with a medical thing in, in the cell. What are you going to do? How are you going to help them? Mm-hmm. Considerations, like foot pursuit considerations, uh, you know, various things that we sit as a team and we right. talk about. 
And that's all training because you're constantly going through these scenarios. So let me ask you this. In the last 10 years, has there been a high-profile officer-involved shooting that has caused the community to react like we've seen last year in California? Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there there was an incident in El Cajon. Right oh, in okay. your... Okay, so just without... Because we had Rodney King, we had all that. Mm -hmm. So if you have the best training and you have all the, the national standards that you say you mm -hmm. have, then why does it still happen? I'm going to tell you my answer is because you can't train the heart. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think too, you know, some of these incidents kind of, especially when there are tensions already, it could be the most 100% justified incident under the law and people are still going to be emotional about it. Mm. And that's fair. That's fair for the community. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously our job is, is dangerous. Our job is unpredictable and things will happen. So let me respond to that too, because I, I, I see a lot of times, I just saw a video that Luke showed between the break that just, just made me uh, irate and in a rage because there's the letter of the law mm -hmm. and then there's the spirit of sure, the law. Sure. And it goes back to that discretion. And law enforcement gets tagged many times because there's different types of people in law enforcement, different personalities, different temperaments that are so by the book that it actually puts a stranglehold yeah. on law enforcement. Because I'm like, yeah, technically you're right, but you're a jerk. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it goes back to that training is like, you've got to massage what works, what doesn't work. You've got the powerful discretion that is, uh, you know, as important to me as it is your gun belt, um, because you have the right to make decisions that are going to affect your backup. They're going to affect other people's families. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes, and I don't think cops do that maliciously. A lot of the times, I think sometimes there are issues where people have partners have been written up. I agree. Or, yep. or uh, they've been written up. They've been written up. Yep. Somebody's filed a complaint. A yep. department's been sued because they didn't handle something appropriately. So they overcompensate. Right. So patrol cops are kind of caught in this weird thing where they're like, well, I mean, I don't really care if this guy does this, but the last time one of my partners didn't cite this guy forward or arrest this guy, yeah. he got written up by the command. And I don't want that to happen to me. So sorry, dude. Like, I got to do what I got to do. And I think that's a big problem. And that's a communication issue. It's a leadership issue. Too, leadership right? issue agency. and communication between the agencies. Yes. Right. Interagency. Um, and, but people need to understand, people who aren't in law enforcement need to understand that, like, I don't go to work every day thinking, man, I hope I can get my certain number of sites and my certain number of arrests. And I don't care. Yeah. Right. I don't, if I don't get a call all day. Yeah. Well, Something's something, working in the community, right? Yeah, that was something that we, we discussed in the last episode where um, as we were watching how calm and respectful the officer handled uh, this traffic stop as this woman kept berating him and, and calling him a murderer. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting to me how when I was watching it and I was giving my critique of the woman because I felt like, you know, it's important for us to like judge our own sometimes on some of the steps where it's mm -hmm. like, man, as a black woman, there's just certain things that even as a black man, anyone just with the climate that we're in as a country right now, the last thing you want to do when you're interacting with an officer is just keep it saying you murderer, murderer, murderer. Yeah. If you haven't watched that episode, let's, uh, let's queue up right now. Episode. Okay. Pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I while you're on driving. I was my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. I can record you. And can you call your supervisor, please? I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. Perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's that? Hold that still for me. Okay, murderer. And that's it. There you go, ma'am. Sign inside for the red box a, right there. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. It's on the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. 
You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. Um, so it, when she kept on berating him like that, I thought it was so interesting that um, as I'm judging her and just like facepalming, like, oh, my goodness, what is she doing? <laughs> that when you watched the same video, I mean, sure, you saw that she was doing that, but you had critique of the officer, which I found interesting. But but you had critique of the officer that I found interesting. I was actually shocked that you even found something there that I didn't even notice, and it was a specific word that he said. Well, Eric saw, he picked up the same thing off camera, so yeah. what was the word? Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and, and what was so interesting yeah. about it was when that word was said in there, I didn't think anything mm -hmm. of it, right? But when both of you felt like, or you're, in your words, you said um, it was a dig, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, I was like, I thought it was just part of the conversation, right? I didn't yeah. think it was a big deal. Um, but the fact that you called him out on that and, and you said, you know, I would tell him, you know, you handled everything really great. Yeah. There's Teaching just, moment. Exactly. And, uh, and it was interesting how you were off camera and when, when Chris was saying that you were like, ah, I think I, I yeah. <laughs> said that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been there a hundred percent time and time again. I mean, in, in 10 years I've had that happen many times to yeah. me. Um, well, the question was though, when it happened to you, did you respond with a dig? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes, have. absolutely, because I'm a but human. the right way to respond sure. is not to do sure. that. Yeah. Right. And right. it's funny because when you showed me that video, of course, I was hearing the whole thing. We're so tone deaf to people berating us mm -hmm. and trashing us and all that. We focus on how could we have done it better? Because everybody who's on patrol that has any you know worth, they come back to traffic stop and they think, okay, if that could have gone bad, what would have been my out? Mm -hmm. That's how we train every single time. So when it does go bad, you're not even thinking. Yeah. Same thing with a search warrant. You know, you guys uh, do search warrants, and when you do your debrief, you're like, all right, how was this, 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 and this? Even if it went well, there's always something you could tweak. Sure. But we picked up on congratulations because I'm like, all right, she got under your skin, and for right reasons, because I was getting ticked off just watching the video, but you still got to hold your tone, man, because then that could just accelerate, and then she responds back, and then you, and then right. it's out of control. And I think he did a phenomenal job in that yep. video. Absolute professionalism. Yep. I can, and like you said, I get it. I understand, but as you know, with experience comes the ability to, to watch and it's hard when you're in it too. Yes. When you're watching it, you know, I, I, something I've experienced is I have said things and I think afterwards I go, Ooh, yeah, shouldn't I shouldn't have said that. that. I probably sounded like a jerk. And Just, then, but then I watch my, my BWC afterwards and I'm like, they don't know what BWC means. My body, my body worn camera. Body -worn camera. Oh, okay. I, I didn't, I was like, I, I didn't sound that bad. Like, yeah. so in my head, sometimes yeah. I blow it up into like this, Oh man, like right. I shouldn't. And, but then I watch it. And I'm like, no, that was fine. Like I, I handled myself appropriately in that situation. Yeah. So I know that sometimes it's hard, especially when you're watching it from the outside. It's easy to nitpick at that time. That's why I don't watch these podcasts after they're out. I don't because I would literally <laughs> right. nitpick at the death right. and I'm like, it's already out. So why do I even mess with my head? Right. But with the experience, you can tell when that word congratulations comes out. Like ooh. when I watched it, I went, oh, ooh, she's going to get like, mad. Yeah. Not that he did anything wrong. You, but just like, oh, really, that might spin, so, that might spin him up. So you picked up on it in that way too. hundred like, percent. I did not. I'm telling you guys, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, it didn't even cross my mind. I didn't think he did anything wrong with it at all, but when he said it, I went, "Ooh, <laughs> like, oh, she's just like she's gonna get bad." Stops when you give somebody a ticket and you tell them to have a nice day, yeah, don't and, do that, right? And sometimes that's inadvertent. I mean, I've done it where I'm like, "Ooh, shouldn't have said that." Yeah, but the proper response is drive safe. Really? Yeah, that's that's what that's what I teach my trainees to do is dr yeah. drive safe. Watching the show yeah. and hopefully officers that are picking up on it, but also yes. people that like if you want if you want to give a lecture, then don't give a ticket. 
If you want to give a ticket, don't give a lecture. Absolutely. You get one or the other. You don't That's get both. It. Really? Okay. Yeah. This is coming from a guy whose last ticket was like six years ago that I wrote. So I, oh, yeah. Really? That's funny. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> as far as an outlet, do you do you rap and do comedy? You don't do stand-up. You're just a funny dude. No. You know, I've always been, ever since I was little, I've always been the guy that's over here in the back of the classroom chipping and making yeah, jokes. And, this guy. Yeah. From his dad. I've, <laughs> I've, always, I've always I've thought about doing stand-up, but, and I am quick with stuff, but... I feel like I'm more quick than I am to write it down because when I write it down, I think it's going to be really awkward. You know what I mean? Like write down jokes and be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, and then people are like, uh, I don't so get it. So you love rap. I do. And he's good. I like all music. I mean, Honestly, yeah. like you just, you have that. I mean, I, if I could like sing like, you know, like the people that, you know, we listen to on the radio, if I could, if I had the talent of like Linkin Park and groups like that, yeah. I would do all kinds of music. I just That's can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I rap. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been rapping? I've been doing it since I was about 13, okay. 12 or 13. Cool. Yeah. So what was your inspiration? I, I just, um, honestly, like my brother was really big into listening to rap and I just thought it was cool. Like how people got things to rhyme and, and time with the music and the beats. And, and I started writing poetry first, mm. like just to get things to rhyme. Cool. Then I started putting it to music and then uh, I started recording it in uh, my bedroom at my mom's house. I had a cool PlayStation 2 USB head microphone yeah. that I plugged into the to the computer yeah. and uh, started it up with my dial-up internet and all those things, <laughs> and uh, recorded onto some program I got off LimeWire. Awesome. I mean, it was straight. It was straight. You know, two thousand. Yeah, hear this. Yeah, you uh, you won't believe the talent that he has. So we're gonna play this out, man. This is uh, forensic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm just kidding, man. That's Tupac. No, I knew yeah. it was pop, but I was like, did you do a remix? No, me and Dre are I super tight. I love this song. Cool, this is not a remix. No, it's me. <laughs> I just want to see if you can pick it up. Of course I do. Oh, come on. Seriously. <laughs> you didn't know who Tupac was? Don't even start Unbelievable. Me, Probably the hottest wow. rap song. That's that. Tupac Secure okay, was yeah, killed some time ago, pop. and it's a big controversy gonna about Biggie, all right? Pop right now. There's a Netflix show explaining both I'm of it. Dude, <laughs> I can't believe you don't know who Tupac is. Yeah. Well, it's okay, Ken. We'll get together later, and we'll I'll share some discography with you. All right. <laughs> oh, no, for real. This is fresh right there. Right there. <laughs> I got you so good. This is uh, this is forensic. Check this out. Dang, dude, you sound good. Thank you. <laughs> That's not you. That's not me. Um, I buy them from, from various producers across the country. Um, there's platforms that you can do all that where people upload their music and get rights and stuff. Okay. And it's all recorded. Uh, that was recorded locally here in San Diego.
That's good, man. Thank you. So you do you do live shows? Like it's cool. I did a live show in Detroit actually. Okay. Uh, probably about three years ago or so. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was really cool. Is it uh, Sh- Shane Park Amphitheater? Right. Wow. Yeah, I performed on, at Shane Park on the stage there. It was incredible. That's awesome. I felt I was like, man, I made it. I'm in Detroit. <laughs> I'm in the D performing at Shane Park. <laughs> that's it. I got man. Canada behind me and the whole world in front of me. I love um, that's, that's Motown yeah. classic right there. Yeah. Man. So um, I I love doing live shows, mm-hmm. but it, it's not something that I regularly like practice for. So it, it still like intimidates me so a little bit. So even when like we talk about it before, everybody has a circle of influence that they can use to bring a positive message. You know, uh, you have one, I have one, you have one. That really does humanize us. When when you're in the middle of a protest or I'm in the middle of the sheriff's office or you're in the middle of that, people think that we're not humans. They don't, they sometimes forget that uh, behind uh, the tack gear, the shirt, the t-shirt, there's an actual person there Mm -hmm. that's got skin and it hurts and it bleeds and it cries. And um, we have to remember that too, that we're yeah. not robots right. and we can't have all cop friends, you know? Right. And I learned a lot from Ken. I learned a lot because just like he learns a lot from me, that's how you keep this conversation going. And so when you talk about, you know, we have big problems and we have all these things, how do you do it? You, you do it one step at a time yeah. and you use your gifts, your talents to stay human, to see that side of it. When that, uh, that whole thing happened last year, I remember I got a call from my buddy, his name is Will Payne. He's a black pastor. And uh, he goes, man, I just got to tell you, when people ask you why you did it and they don't know and you don't know, remember this, is because subconsciously you heard the cry of the people. Mm-hmm. But you have to be listening to the cry of the people. That's the human side of police work. We right. cannot forget that the people we deal with, whether they're suspects or victims or fellow officers or command staff mm-hmm. or families of fallen officers, it's still a human business. Yeah. And Adam said it best. We are in the customer service business. That's what law enforcement is. There's a time to protect. There's a time to serve. Mm -hmm. But even in that day, uh, if we lose focus on the service part of it, man, we just, uh, we're creating our own problems. Right. And the most beautiful days are the days you protect and serve the same people at the same time. That's right. And people, and the people get to recognize that. Yeah. Um, And and it is hard. And, And I think we can all, as cops, you know, look back at days or moments in our careers when we maybe didn't perform the way that we thought we should. Right because we're human, we're people. And I think sometimes, like you said, it's hard for protesters to see us as humans behind tax shields and gas masks and helmets. Sometimes it's hard for us to see people behind protesters too. Yeah. Who have things that they've experienced in their life that got them to the point that they want to stand in front of me and yell and and call me names. And it's hard, right? It's hard when you're on the receiving end of the negativity. But, um, you know, for you guys that are out there that are watching and you're working the front lines every day, I think it's important to realize that everyone is going to have bad days and in our job, unfortunately, that's the time that we're called. Yeah. And we have to realize that nobody calls 911 because they're having a great day. Yeah. And so if you're in this field for five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you're like, ah, I can't take it anymore. That's when you leave. When you, when you, when you realize that protecting and serving has become a burden, then, then leave yeah. because I'm not ready to leave. I'm going on 30 years. Yeah. I love what I do. I can't, I, I, it's funny. Cause I, I'm like, wow, I got 25 to go before I can retire. Yeah. And every time I tell that somebody, they're like, oh my God, how are yeah, you? It goes gonna, by like that. How are you going to make it? You know, because it's like, man, it's already been 10. I got 25 to go. Yeah. Um, but you still love it, don't you? I do. I do. It's it's hard right now. And I think it's harder than it's ever been in my career um, and probably harder than it's ever been in, in, in your career. Um, but I think it is a cycle. And it, we have been here before. Yes. But we didn't have social media. We didn't have the, yeah. the news blowing things up how they do. Yeah. We didn't have the, the fuel to the fire. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Was there was a fire, but it wasn't it wasn't getting stoked like it is right yeah, now. Totally. I was listening to a sermon today by Evie Hill. You know Evie Hill? Mm. Evie Hill was a black pastor and uh he preached from nineteen sixty one to two thousand and, and uh and fourteen to at Mount Zion Church in LA. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyhow, I knew if you if you heard him, you would see it. But he grew up in Texas, and, and he was going over and he's experiencing. It was a sermon from 1978, mm-hmm. and he was talking about so almost verbatim what we're experiencing now. now. Yeah, right. verbatim. Back in the 90s. Yes, and I'm like, right. this is this is you talk about the ups and downs, the cycles. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what's happening. And so, if it was happening in 1978, as I said before, my dad was Detroit cop in the '67 riots. My grandfather was Detroit cop in the '45 riots. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, have we learned? And I think it's a constant evolution. Yeah. And um, and that's why we have these conversations because right. I think we've got a greater chance to 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 change and, and reform faster than we had in the past. And I think there's a greater heart to do that. Yeah, and and that's you know I'm so thankful for the platform that I have with both my music and with the comedy stuff yeah. because and just being an influencer for law enforcement in general because on one side I get to show a side of cops that maybe would get people who don't know cops yep. to see a different side of cops, but the flip side of it is I get to be a cop that other cops can look to for inspiration in those times that they don't want to put on the uniform for another day. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many messages I've received, um, mostly based on my music, that you know I, I've, I've literally received messages where a, a cops told me, I was going to kill myself last night. Wow. And I listened to your music, it pulled me up another day, and I'm back at work. Yeah. And I'm able, able to continue. So is that your target audience in, in your music? You know, I, I think with all of my social media, my target audience is cops, yeah. right? And, and there are there are social media influencers or, or people who have a presence online mm-hmm. whose target is the community. Yeah. Um, uh, Officer AJ, mm-hmm. right? His target, oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal with mm-hmm. the community. Totally. That is his niche. Yeah, That's Norman's right. My niche, like, exactly. Yeah. Tommy Norman. And there's, there's a ton of them, especially mm-hmm. now with all these platforms coming up. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of people who do great at that. Yeah. You know, I... My niche is is cops, yeah. and and I have been told by people who are close to me, you know, you're a cops cop. Mm-hmm. You are Which able is a to great honor, by the way. Is it? It, it, yeah, it absolutely. absolutely. And when I hear that, I'm like, well, that's that's crazy to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that is my target. But at the same time, if me supporting cops allows someone to see the human side of me, yeah. who maybe doesn't support or know cops, and they go, wow, oh, you know, maybe this guy's kind of onto something. That's a win-win for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why my music, there is a duality with everything I do. You know, there's music I do that's about PTSD, right? And that's obviously strictly for people who have been through it or maybe people who don't understand what what cops do experience yeah. in, in those traumas. But then there's also the songs that are motivating to the cops. Yeah. You know, like like be who you are, you know, yeah. do your job and take, and pride and honor. take your pride and honor and, and yeah. go out there and just kick butt and, and, yeah. and protect and serve and, yeah. and you know, get in it and solve crime and put Stand bad guys in jail. Chaos and order. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's the, th- that's the hard part with today's world is I think people in society are so sheltered. Yeah. They don't realize what evil is there. Cops unfortunately do. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's a beautiful day when a bad guy goes to jail. Yeah. It's even more beautiful when he goes to jail unharmed, right? Yeah. Or, or someone else is not harmed, but some people, you know, that's our job. That's what we do. Yeah. And you're not going to meet a cop that doesn't say, well, I became a cop because I thought it would be cool to put a guy who hurt somebody in jail. That's you know? I love the statement that uh, some people are meant to call 911 and some meant people to be 911. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important, whether you're police, fire, EMS, or other public service, that uh, you are validated by what you have been called to do. Right. Um, it's like being knighted. You know, when he said cop's cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you are at a police funeral and they are recognized as a cop's cop, 
I mean, that means that you did not die in vain. Mm-hmm. And, and what you did was honorable. Yeah. Um, we talk about death of law enforcement and how often it is. It's an expectation that we are willing to do. Um, and, and, and it doesn't matter where you are. That's why there's such a bond between law enforcement. I say all that because uh, how do your officers, um, when uh, something's going sideways, are you the one that uh, they gravitate, gravitate to the most, the fastest? And have you had turn people around that maybe were anti you, but because of what you're doing and your consistency, they now support you. You mean fellow cops or people yeah. in general? Fellow police officers. Well, I, 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 and you could obviously agree with this, that there's those people who don't like the squeaky wheel. Whether, it doesn't matter what way the squeaky wheel is rolling, if it's pro or anti. Sometimes if you're out in the open and yeah. you're out front, mm-hmm. that's going to cause some, yep. some you know. For the most part, the people that I work with, I, I think um, I get along with very well. Good. Um, especially, you know, there's a lot of agencies in Southern California and they all work very well together. And I think that I have been able to go to work and do my job and not let social media change my job or my, my activity at work Mm -hmm. and then be who I am off duty doing what I do social media wise. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's people who have negative opinions. It doesn't bother me. Call them. What's that? Negative opinion. Oh yeah, keyboard warriors. Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Uh, And you know everybody has their own things that are going on in their life, and and no one is perfect. It doesn't matter if you're a cop. It doesn't matter if you're a priest. If you're a gang member. If you're an astronaut. I don't care. There's people in your circle that you know have things that they maybe don't handle as well as the rest of us. Um, You know how often he says cop. Remember we talked some episodes ago, I said, when do you say black versus African-American? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you said, well, it all depends on your intent, your yeah. heart. If I know you like I know you, I can say, you know, hey, this is Ken. You know, he's my he's black, black brother. Guy. Yeah. yeah. But if I don't know you, I'm not going to disrespect you mm-hmm. and say, um, you know, hey, hey, are you, hey, black guy. I'll say, hey, listen, um, African-American. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the same thing with those cops. Did you know that? Like, we can say it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but if somebody says it in a dis, uh, disrespectful way, I'm mm-hmm. like, why, why would you say that? Like, even when your mother, she said the police officer. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a great respect. But I just, he says cops all the time, and I'm thinking, I better point that out. If if it's said in a way between the police, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's cool. It's no big deal. Right? If it's said in a way outside the police, but the heart is right, it's no big deal. Yeah. You say it in a way that you don't like cops, now that's... that's it's Yeah, it's... it's you feel that too? Yeah, I mean, I never really thought of it that way, no. but yeah, I mean, when he says it, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that kind of that kind of makes sense because yeah. so you know, like if an outsider is like, yeah, man, this cop, whatever, like disrespect, yeah, 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 sure, really, yeah. yeah, because I think, I mean, obviously, the title police officer holds like some prestige, got it, right? Okay. Whereas cops kind of like five O or pig or it's like a term. I mean, yeah. a, 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 you, know you know where it came from, right? Um, Historically, the uh, didn't have to do with like the. Well, two two things. Like, Since it started in England, it's the copper cop- buttons. Yes, right. And they there's just they used to call them coppers. Yep. And yep. that's you know the police, but yep. also it's constable on patrol. Okay. And uh, so there's a little acronym there. Right. And so historically, the cops have been here, but it is a a very prestigious, uh, you know, uh, respectful field. Right. And uh, I mean, it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but that's where it come from. Yeah. And, and you know that again, like I said before, doing what I do and having the platform that I have. I'm so thankful and so humbled. Um, the fact that cops across the world listen to my music and, and that's cool. France and, and Sweden. I mean, if you look at like my Spotify distribution, yeah. it's like, I have like countries in Africa and countries in Asia and countries in Europe. And yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah, that's you know, I mean. like I'm a, a, a beat cop. Yeah. And so Aristotle says, if you want 
no critique, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. So for people yeah. that are out there right now thinking, man, I'd love to do what Eric does, but I don't want to take the heat, then don't do it. Yeah. But if you want to experience what he just experienced, you're going to have to take the heat. Yeah. Right, and sometimes taking the heat is the best way to forge through yeah. and make a change. Absolutely. Nobody does anything because it's easy. Yeah. And, I mean, no one in history has ever created ripples, no matter That's what right. side you're on, yeah. because it was easy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I... I would I would love to take you to Police Week in DC. Have you ever been to, to DC for Police Week? Only because it's the same week that I do it in Michigan because I'm the honor guard okay. commander and, and okay. we have a yep. whole memorial. So I've never been to DC for Police Week. Wow, yeah. I, I I would love to take you out there. What an incredible time! And yeah. and I'm so lucky. Every time I go, I get to meet incredible cops that just we're talking fifty, sixty thousand police oh, officers yeah. from around the world. Oh yeah, that are there. Yeah, it's incredible. It's yeah, such yeah. a beautiful time. And yeah. you know, for me personally, I. A little fact about me, I actually have four fallen cops in my bloodline. Wow. Um, none that I knew, but in my ancestry research, because I'm a huge ancestry nerd, uh, I have four, potentially five. I'm working on proving the fifth one. Wow. Um, in, in, in my lineage. Yeah. So it's, and I've actually gotten one of their names on the wall. Uh, I've gotten one of their names spelled. That's a police fix, Fixing on the wall okay. in DC. Yeah. So they had spelled one of the names wrong. So I got that corrected with That's everything. Good. And yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's a personal thing, but it's also, a professional thing and just being out there and seeing the camaraderie and it really rejuvenates me because what it does every year, May 15th is national law enforcement Memorial day. And uh, they take all the fallen officers for that year. And it won't happen this year, unfortunately. And when their names are added to the wall of fallen, mm -hmm. the families are honored and the names are called out and it's a, it's a great deal. Yeah. And, and they do research from like back in, you know, the 1800s, the 1900s, early 1900s and they add people, but man, it, it's just one of those, one of those things that really gets you to realize why you still do the job. Well, you've certainly humanized, uh, even from the West Coast, um, what law enforcement is, and I feel so good about it from the East Coast. Um, so we're going to have our final thoughts, and you get to close us out. So, Ken, yeah. you want to start? And I'll, uh... Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I think it's something that, that you said and you alluded to. There was a comment that you made earlier where you said, um, don't just have a bunch of police friends mm -hmm. right and and then you had said something uh to the effect of uh when you're in the riot gear and on the front lines it's hard for you to understand the other side but mm -hmm. you have to right and, and you've got to understand like what got people there and all of that is about reaching across the aisle, you know, and we talked about that in the episode prior, which was going that extra mile. And I think part of that is going that extra mile, right, is being able to say, sure, I'm a police officer, but I can't just have police friends, right? Sure, I'm an activist. Sure, I'm a brother, but I can't only have That's true. friends that look like me. I can't only have friends that are activists because then I get stuck in this echo chamber yes. of everybody saying the same thing and I'm not seeing things from the point of view that can actually help and make a difference. If every single person that I hang out with is like, man, I don't like the cops. I don't, uh, um, I don't even like associating with them at all. And then all, everything that they're like, preaching yep, slow. I start to become exactly Pack it would change who yep. I am yep. when yep. I'm a very reach across the aisle hey I yep. want to get to know there's there's things that I have learned from you to where I'm like dang man I had no clue there's things I've learned from Chris Frunzy that I'm like I've never viewed it in in that way and and so I think that it's important not only for like you said don't just have a bunch of police friends but for people that are watching this especially people of color 
don't just keep your circle people who look like you or mm. people that work in the same place that you work because you don't even realize that there are discussions that are happening on the other side that you could actually benefit from and learn from and it helps us all become a more inclusive and united society. Diversity becomes unity. Totally. That's perfect. So the, my takeaway is um, uh, it started off camera and when uh, Adam brought it up, I'm like, that is so right. Um, and when you talk about the humanized part of law enforcement, we cannot forget that we are in the customer service business. Yeah. And the majority of our interactions are the human part of just interacting with people. Yeah, They have calls for service, whether they're medical calls or uh, a, a violation of some sort. Mm -hmm. Not every call uh, is a run and gun, high profile felony. Most of our days are just taking care of people. Yeah. And law enforcement has to remember that that is the majority of the day. You always have to be ready for that tactical response. But we have to remain human. We have to remain in the customer service business in order to give people the hope that we are a noble profession worth respect. Yeah. We got to earn it every day. Earn it, earn it. And it's not just me. I got to earn respect in Flint so he doesn't have a hard time in in uh, in his job. Yeah. And what he does in California doesn't hurt somebody in uh, you know Miami, Florida, and vice versa. So. I just want to tell you thank you, and uh, once again, I appreciate your uh, your music. It was so good. Thank you. It was so good. Honestly, I'll tell I'll tell Dre how much you appreciate the beat, bro. Final thoughts, man. Awesome. Final thoughts. Go ahead, right here to two. Um, you know, I I uh, to kind of piggyback on what what you said, Ken. Um, I I want to urge people who have those apprehensions about law enforcement to go the extra mile on their side, and to approach cops, reach out to cops, you know, don't let the only interaction that you have with law enforcement be when they're called for something. There you go. Because how many times do you see cops in the community? How many times are they at 7-Eleven? Are yep. they eating at a restaurant? Are they just hanging out on the side of the road? I have had many times in my career where somebody rolls up on me and I'm thinking, A, uh-oh, I'm about to get a report. B, uh-oh, this person's about to fight me. Mm -hmm. Or C, I don't know. Yeah. Like what's going to go, what's going to happen? And the person very, very simply, hey, I just wanted to tell you thank you. I really hope you're being safe today. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and my wife is a police officer as well. And I had somebody, we were at a family function. And she was she was on duty nearby and, and came by and said hi real quick. And, and there was somebody there who I'd never met before. And she didn't speak much English. Um, she was from Mexico. And I understand a little bit. And she told me, tell your wife that I hope God is with her in the street. Mm. And she said that in Spanish. And I translated it for my wife. And... Understand that you don't have to know cops, be friends with cops, or support cops 100% of the time to see what's behind the badge. Yeah. And, and I urge you to get out and, and, and see what's behind the badge for yourself because if you don't read it for yourself, you're not going to know what's in the book. Yeah. Good stuff. Where do people find your music? Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Store, uh, all under Forensic. Uh, and then uh, Deputy Hookham on Instagram, yep. Facebook, TikTok. Awesome. That is a wrap, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Be safe. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>